How's it going, Rob? I'm doing pretty good, Sydney. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing just great. Um, I'm so excited to record up updates with you. The fans have been clamoring. Well, you know, that's what makes me the fan favorite. I like to give the listeners what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. So, hashtag fan favorite, and uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, what's new with you, Rob? Well, I just, I'm all full of soup and yerba mate. Oh. So, I got the, oddly, I got the same kind of soup as the last time we recorded. It was the creamy southern greens. But this time it was a little different. It had like, it was a little thicker. I think they put, sometimes they put basmati rice in soup at this place. And then as it cooks, it almost kind of like crumbles into almost sort of a tapioca-like texture. If you can kind of... I'm picturing it. Yeah. So it thickens it, but like, not like noodles do. Sometimes they put pasta in soups. And I got to say... Pastas don't belong in soups. You're just putting, like, paste in a liquid solution. You know, it's like you took flour, you mixed it with water, and made a noodle. And then you're going to put it in a pot full of water, and it's going to turn back into, you know, just paste, basically. I don't like pasta in soups. Yeah, I don't. That's interesting. I don't I don't know how I feel about that either. Um... Any time, it just bloats up. And, like, turns into this gross sort of gelatinous substance or something. I say go rice or go home. Potato is a good one, too, for thickening. Well, but. I was going to say, I am I like southern cooking a lot. So I just think you add some uh, okra or some filet powder and then you thicken it up with that. But um, I don't know yeah, about rice. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, rice. Rice is good. If you add it early on, it like cooks the rice as the soup is cooking. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I, that chicken and rice soup is popular. I don't know. That's one of my kids' favorites. You like, they have an old-fashioned chicken and rice, and it's just what you'd think. Chunks of chicken and carrot and stuff, and then rice. Then that's but, what you uh, feed um, a dog when they get diarrhea, is you have to make them boiled chicken and rice. Oh, yeah. And rice is also supposedly like on those elimination diets. Mm-hmm. Rice is supposed to be like, um, like nobody's allergic to rice. Like it doesn't have any kind of, it's one of those for like rice and peas, I guess, are the two things that nobody is allergic to. So you can start your elimination or, you know, the elimination where, yeah. you, where you just get it down the bare bones and then you start slowly adding things back in yeah. until you have a reaction or whatever. Yeah, I guess a lot of people just start with, like, rice and peas. Sounds boring as hell. Yeah, that sounds terrible. That's like what um, old people, you know how old people, they can't eat everything because it, like, gives them indigestion or whatever. Um, right. I, I worked at a restaurant where we got a lot of older people in, and it was always difficult taking their order because it'd be like, I want this, I want this fish dish, but no butter, no oil, no salt, no pepper, like, and because they just can't eat anything. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it tough. When you're on a special diet like that, it's it's really hard to go out <laughs> to eat. I don't believe in it. Don't as, as someone who is on a very special diet, I just uh, think... Eat, eat at home, you know, I don't, don't go into a, a busy restaurant that has like, they have a system 
uh, of how they do things and for efficiency to get plates out on time. And so then if you go in and I've, I've, I've known people who've said, oh, do you cook the potatoes on the same grill as the bacon? Can you please wash the grill down before you put my potatoes on it? And like, <laughs> basically what you're saying is I want my food to take 45 minutes and I want everyone who orders after me to also have to wait for their food because we're stopping operations to do things differently. And it's just like either do things the way they do them or don't do them at all. Because like, number one, uh, the chances of them getting right whatever your fucking thing is are very slim to none. You know what I mean? You don't ask you don't ask your accountant to do surgery on you because that's not what he does. And so like if you ask yeah. the kitchen to make something that they don't normally make, it's it's probably gonna not be very good. It might not have been done correctly to avoid your allergens and just the chances of diarrhea are high. So don't don't even worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, throwing people off their rhythm like that is kind of a, a rude thing to do. I mean, I understand having special requests or whatever, but like you said, if once it once it gets up to a certain point, it's just like just bring bring your own food. Yeah, just don't ask them food. to clean the grill or make a dressing from scratch or anything like that. Like it's yeah, yeah it's that's, too much. That's ridiculous. It's unreasonable. Too much. Um so yeah. so you've got soup, you've got uh mate in the system. And you're feeling good? I'm feeling pretty good. I, I gotta say, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's my Sunday, so I just kind of, I don't know. Spent all day yesterday just kind of run, running some errands and hanging out. Oh my God, I bought my daughter this game system for her birthday like a month and a half ago. And uh, I got her a Nintendo Switch, and I gotta say, it has ruined my life. Why? Ruined it. Because I can't stop playing Civilization Six. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like a it's a strategy kind of I don't know if you call it a role playing game, but it's a simulation type game. But you basically you st- you you start a society from from like scratch from square one, mm-hmm. and then you're banging the rocks together and then slowly over time you discover things and create things and build things and start new cities and your technology advances. And eventually you've got like nuclear submarines and you're like sending people to Mars and stuff. Oh, and it, it's really fun and addicting. It's kind of like the board game risk almost, but with like a bunch of different layers, like extra added layers to it, you know? And I'll, I'll, Stay up till like 1 a.m. playing this stupid game. Oh, and it, man. I, it hurts the next day. I, I think I stayed up till like 2 last night playing it, mm-hmm. but I have today off, so I knew I could get away with it. But uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. That, uh, when I worked at the theater, a lot of my coworkers were um, gamers, and so they would come in looking just rough, like they were out clubbing all night. And they're all, they were all in the early 20s, so I would ask them, oh, my gosh, did you party hard last night? And it would the answer was always no. Oh, I was up till 3 or whatever playing this game. And then when they'd get off work, it would be like, hey, you going to be online later? Am I going to play you or whatever? And I just was like, I didn't know this was what, like, 
young, good-looking kids were up to these days. I just wanted to be like, listen, Connor, you got to go out there, get some puss. Like, <laughs> these are your prime years. What are you doing playing video games till two in the morning? Um, but yeah, that's that's yeah. What, that's what the kids do. Cody, Cheyenne, Hannah, you need to all get your act together. Yeah, um, it's this. The game I play is not interactive. It's not one of those interactive online games. So I'm sure that adds a whole new layer, you know, to the of the social aspect of it or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I'm just playing in a vacuum. You know, I'm just playing against computer opponents or whatever, and that's enough for me. But yeah, it's it's a powerful draw. It just kind of sucks you in, and before you know it, you've been on it for four hours, and uh, <laughs> it's a real time suck. Yeah. But, but I'd do it again. I'd do it again if I had to, if I was given <laughs> the opportunity. So that's fun. I don't know. I went down and visited my mom. You know, she went into, she had to move out of her place and into a, like a group home type situation with caretakers around. And uh, apparently the first one, she, she liked it at first, but after, after maybe a couple of weeks there, she had some complaints about like excess noise and the food not being the way she wanted it or something. So, um, so my sister found her another place um, closer to my sister's place, uh, that seems to be working out pretty well. It's a smaller scale operation. It's just like a lady, This in, I guess she's Indian, you know, um, or Sri Lankan or something. Her name is Shreppa. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is. But she's just got, it's like a six bedroom house kind of near the hospital area, but it's just like a private residence style situation. And then, you know, so she's got room for up to six, residents or whatever and she you know cooks and cleans for them and does all the stuff but it seems to have a little more of a personal touch and it's a little more homey a little more homey yeah yeah so i don't know she seems to be happy there i guess in as much as she understands what's going on so your mom your mom has dementia yeah, they say it's not Alzheimer's, but I mean, it might as well be like, she just doesn't know what's going on half the time. That's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah. But, uh, but she, but she seems happy and she's, you know, she's been eating regularly, which is, you know, good for a person to do. So she actually looked pretty good. She seemed to be in pretty good spirits. She had a nice visit with, it was sort of our family getting together for almost like a a holiday type situation, even though it was not at a holiday. But um, yeah, Yeah. all the siblings, all the siblings. And then even my nephew popped in unexpectedly. He kind of got shanghaied off the street to go have lunch with us. (laughs) <laughs> so how old was, is he kinda... the age where he doesn't want to be around family he's actually he's like 28 oh, okay but um but he's a cool kid he's real quiet subdued he's he's like he's got asperger's so he's just kind of his own kid you know i'm mm-hmm. calling the kid he's 28 but um but he's actually over the past few i mean he has a he has a um bachelor's degree 
from the University of Washington. He's not like he's a really super smart guy. He's just not super social. Yeah. You know. But uh but yeah, he's been coming out of the shell the past few years. Um he'll have like conversations <laughs> like an actual conversation with you. Um that's how my my brother has Asperger's and that's how it was like some business associates that knew him when he was eighteen saw him again at a convention when he was in his late twenties and they asked him if he had a had had a personality chip installed. Um because it just uh. in that yeah in that 10 years he'd kind of listen he's i'll say this because he's my brother he's still not enjoyable to be around but he he can hold a conversation um yeah 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 so i don't know so that was that was a fun visit down there um uh my uncle my mom's yeah my mom's brother like a week before, you know, this visit texted me, called me up and was like, Hey, I'm planning a trip to go visit your mom. Do you want to, you know, want me to come pick you up or whatever? It's like, ah, I can't do it right now. It's kind of a busy time for me. But, um, so he went and visited her like I know, only just a few days before my visit. And, uh, he was like, Hey Rob, after we're, after his visit, he was like, Hey Rob, I, uh, I left, I left some cannabis and some pipes and lighters with your mom and uh, they're, they're in her closet. When you go there, check and see if they've been confiscated or not. <laughs> so, Wait, does your mom so smoke went, weed? Well, she used to, um, but she has kind of lost interest in, in all that kind of stuff. She used to like drink white wine and had, a, and had an occasional scotch or whatever, but she kind of lost interest in that like a couple, you know, over the past couple of years or so. But sure enough, when I went down there to, you know, I, I peeked in her closet, didn't see anything. I was like, Oh, maybe it did get confiscated. But then later we were hanging out, uh, my, my sister's, you know, living room. And, uh, I mentioned what, what my uncle had told me. And he was like, Oh no, I got it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's here. It's here in my bag or whatever. I was like, well, what was the deal? Did they like, were they okay with it? Cause my uncle was worried they were going to confiscate it. Like, Oh, you're not allowed to have this. He was like, no, she was okay with it being there. It's just mom doesn't, doesn't want it. Uh. <laughs> uh, so he's like, so here it is, you know, here's the bag is like an ounce of, ounce of, uh, Oregon medicinal or whatever. It's like, take what you want. I'll, I'll take the rest and we'll just, we'll just divvy it up. Oh, what family so got, fun. Like, I know, so I, I I wasn't too greedy. I, I grabbed just like maybe a quarter or something and uh, stuck it in a baggie. And then there was this really cool glass pipe that my uncle gave my mom that she'll never use. So I was like, I'll take the pipe. There was this, also this like crazy, weird little bong, glass bong that looked way too complicated and difficult to clean. <laughs> my brother and I were both just like, yeah, we'll, we'll pass on that. I'm not interested in trying to clean that thing. That's like a next, start. that's like a next level commitment in smoking weed where the, like there's apparatus that require maintenance. And like, I just, I'm, I, I can't picture ever being dedicated enough to like, yeah, like clean and service those things. Um, it is next level. I've gotten to the point where I would rather just, I mean, glass pipes are so cheap. I would rather just buy one for, you know, 12 bucks, use it until it gets clogged and then just throw it away and get yep. another one. 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever cleaned up. I mean, I'm not a huge weed smoker, but I've never cleaned a pipe. I think I ultimately have everyone I've owned either broken or given it away before it required maintenance. I don't change my own oil on my car. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not like, I'm not getting into cleaning a pipe. Um, it's just not for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was that. Was that. I don't know. It was a good visit. Um, family it was a fun. long day. Long ass day. I picked I picked my kid up in the morning. We both played hooky that day, which actually happened to be my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, um, Rob! So I, well, well, thank you. So I took the day off of work and pulled the kid out of school, and we we took public transportation from Tacoma to Olympia, and then back. You know, later that night we stayed until like dark. It was like seven thirty when we when we came back, but. But it made for a long-ass day. It was like 13 hours from doorstep to doorstep for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty, pretty long, but but it was good. It was good, and I got, you know, some free weed and a pipe out of it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy yourself, I guess. Um... And I got my time. We had some time to kill down in Olympia, and there's these there's some fun shops downtown. And uh, one of them is called the Archibald Sisters. It's almost like a... Eh, Archie McPhee meets hot, hot Topic or something. Okay. I don't know if those references. But it's, you know, kitschy, jokey stuff and whatever. And uh, my daughter's like on book six of the Harry Potter series or something. She's just devouring Harry Potter right now. So she saw they have the, um, it's called like Every Flavor Bean or something. It's a box of like Jelly Bellies that, you know, some of them taste like watermelon, but some of them taste like dirt. so she got one of those and she was (laughs) she was doing like the taste test of all the gross ones and in this park we're kind of hanging out in this park and she was just like okay she'd take a little tentative nibble of dirt (laughs) and then spit it out yeah there's like there's like a booger one there's a booger one vomit uh, rotten egg like all this weird uh, yeah, grass. Um, do you have a favorite Jelly Belly? What's your favorite flavor? I haven't eaten a Jelly Belly in a long time. But I think, you know what? I really like the jalapeno ones. Oh, okay. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I really do. I like jalapeno. And then I think the first one I ever was just like, whoa was like buttered popcorn. I was that's, like, it tastes like buttered popcorn. That's what I was looking for. That is the best one, in my opinion. <laughs> buttered popcorn. It's good. It's stuff. like um it reminds me of scratch and sniffs. I don't know if you had scratch and sniff stickers oh, yeah. when you were a kid. Uh-huh. But that was always my favorite scratch and sniff sticker was the buttered popcorn because it smelled just like buttered popcorn. Yeah, all the other ones were kind of off, but that one's dead on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Probably because that's like a buttered popcorn is like a manufactured. It's not like duplicating a strawberry or a watermelon. It's harder than like you can just maybe like buttered popcorn is a fake. It's a chemically created thing. You just can copy the formula. Maybe it's easier to duplicate. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, um, I don't know, grape flavoring. Like, you oh. could probably make a grape, 
grape flavoring scratch and sniff that smelled just like grape flavoring, but not one that smelled like an actual grape. Oh, <laughs> oh it's just the worst flavoring. It's the worst. And I, it is. one of the times when I was a little kid and I had the flu, um, I was, I drank it. I don't know. Maybe we, we were out of Verner's. And so whatever parent gave me a grape soda and I threw up that grape soda and I, I've never had it since because now I associate grape soda with like that just gross nausea of having the flu. Ugh, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Wait, they gave you grape grape soda when you had the flu? Yeah, we must have been out of in it I always was given <laughs> Verner's, which is a ginger ale when I was sick, but we okay, must have, yeah, right. We must have been out of Verner's and they were like, "Hey, here's a grape soda. Here's a grape Shasta or whatever." Um uh, uh, that's not equivalent. That's not no. those two are not the uh. same. Uh-uh, no, <laughs> not one bit. Um, and then instead of instead of saltine crackers, they give you, like, some flaming Hot Cheetos, because yeah. that's all they had. Yeah. <laughs> I, those weren't around back then, but maybe they gave me, like, some goldfish crackers and a grape soda and said, feel better, kid. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had a, I had a fine upbringing. I had a fine upbringing. By the way, speaking of moms, my seventy year old mother is trying to buy a used Porsche, and I am furious. I am, I am so furious with her, um, because she, Why? she well, my mom is on a fixed income, and because she's retired, uh-huh. and she was like. She's like a typical American. She is financed to the teeth and she was able to make her payments on everything when she was still working. But then she retired and she's living on 60% of what she was living on when she worked. So um, she's fucking broke because she's so in debt. And um, she had this truck and she had $700 a month truck payments because she kept like buying new cars and trading them in and then because they were worth less than she owed on them each new car loan they would add the inequity from the vehicle before onto it um which is not that's not good financial that's not a good financial decision to make so so she had a truck with $700 a month truck payments because of it and this month, it's her last truck payment, so she will have $700 extra a month, which would be great for her because she needs money for food. Uh, and she also was told she needs to buy hearing aids. Um, so maybe just save that $700 a month. Um, but then she texted me a link to a used Porsche for sale and was like, I could uh, afford this. I could afford payments for this. And I'm like, you are 70 years old. You're deaf. You do not need a Porsche. You also don't need a car payment at 70 years old. You have a car that runs and is in good shape. Just drive that fucking car, Deborah. Um, and Zach said, maybe it's like she's having a midlife crisis, but it's at the end of her life. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but I, I am firmly against my, uh, elderly mother owning a Porsche. Well, I could, I could set her up in a 73 Dodge Dart with 70,000 original miles and the sweet 225 cubic inch plant six engine. Um, um, I would much prefer that. that. Be, and then as far as, I mean, 
I could get her free hearing aids. Just have her call me and we can have phone sex. Oh, is that how she's going to get hearing aids? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, Rob. That's a good one. <laughs> that's straight from the sixth grade playground. It's good. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to drive her down to Mexico to get discount hearing aids. Um so uh, we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll update uh, if I go on a road trip to Mexico with my mother. Um, it's it was fun yeah. times. It's fun oh, times. And if you, and if you do go down to Mexico on a road trip with your mother, bring travelers checks because I was thinking about it and I had sort of a revelation. Like, oh yeah, that's what it's all about. Back in the day, back in the day, there were like signs in every establishment: no out of town checks. Oh. You know, like this is. This is before this is before credit cards were a mainstream thing. You know, they had them, but you had to have that thing with the carbon paper that you physically, you manually set the card in and went chunk chunk. Yeah, and it made like an imprint. So that's how you use credit cards back then. But what most people did was use checks. Mm-hmm. But if you went out of town, if you were on a trip, like out of state or whatever, no out of town checks because that was the easiest fun plan you could do is just write a rubber check, just bounce a check somewhere, and they're, they're never going to find you. Yeah, because you're <laughs> across state lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even if they could find you, it's like not worth it to them or whatever. It's just not going to happen. Like, you can just, you can get away with a lot back then in the 80s or before. So the traveler's check was sort of like, it came with the provenance of the, you know, whatever. It was like, this is as good as cash. Don't worry. This person is from out of town, and they're writing you a check, but it's a traveler's check. They've already paid for it. So that's why it's sort of the same as cash. Because it's It's not just a promise. Yeah, it's not a promise that there's this money in my account that you're going to get. It's, this is, I paid money for this thing, so you just turn it in and you'll get the money that I, you know, paid for it with or whatever. Oh, that's a good update. Um, Maybe... (laughs) Maybe on our next road trip, I'll get some traveler's checks, and so I'll use them and see how it goes over. Um, I wonder if they still I wonder if they still make them. I don't even know. They I'll, probably do. I'll get to the bottom of it. We go out of town a lot, so um i'm I'll test out this theory. We went to um we went to Indio this past weekend. We just got home last night because uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short are doing a touring stage show. And um, they were playing at this casino in Indio, the same casino that I went to see Michael McDonald perform at, uh, Fantasy Springs Resort and Casino. Um, and you don't know me, but I'm your brother. I fucking love Michael McDonald. I love him so much. <laughs> um, and uh, after after this trip and seeing Steve Martin and Martin Short, which it was phenomenal, like it was such a great show. It was I I have nothing bad to say about it. It was so good. And then I realized maybe I'm only gonna I'm gonna start only going to see people in the end of their career because like Michael McDonald, perfect concert. He's a professional. He's been doing it for years. These guys are professionals like and I just was like yeah you you know when you've been in the business for 40 years you got it dialed in it's a guaranteed good time um so yeah I, plus you know my feelings on silver daddies so like that also helps 
Steve Martin's been a silver daddy since he was like 27. Yeah, it's wild. Um, And he is 75 now, and he still looks amazing. I was like, Hachi Machi. Um, It's a good looking man. (laughs) (laughs) This this is an Indio, you said, Uh right? Yeah, it was an Indio. San Bernardino-ish near Palm Springs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did. Yeah. We did that, and then Go we ahead. toured. It's it's date farm country out there. Yeah, um, I, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. I was my that was my um, my little tidbit that I was trying to get to oh. is that Indio Indio California is the only place in the United States where you can grow date palms because in order to set fruit. Date palms require nighttime temperatures of over 100 degrees. Oh, okay. And so that's why they're able to grow there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's 90% of the world's dates are farmed there. Um, yeah. We, we went to uh, – we, first we went to Shields Date Ranch, which is like a beautiful – it's kind of a roadside attraction type place. But it also is a really nice restaurant and like gardens area there. Uh, people can get married there and such. Um, so we went there and had dinner before going to the uh, show at the casino. And Zach got a date shake and we bought some date stuff. And they're very, they're very cool because um, they have a big banner on the outside that says like, come into our erotic theater and watch our film Sex Life of the Date. And then you go into this little, it's a little like movie theater. Um, and there's a informational film playing about how dates are farmed and harvested and stuff. Um, it's not very sexy, but I love their like pitch where it's like, where it's, uh-huh. it's called like the romance theater and the film is called sex life of the date. Um, and so the next morning we went and had breakfast there again and we were on our way to visit the Salton Sea and we passed another date farm. Um, and so we went there and they, it was cool. They had a little tasting table with 10 different varieties of dates and they had little informational plaques about them. So you could taste the different types and tell the difference. Um, and we bought more date paraphernalia there, but it's, it was really pretty, um, very pretty. The date, the date farms. Um, is that, is that far, is that where they came up with the date rape drug? It might be I. <laughs> that might be that might be one farm further down the street. Uh, d- oh, okay, date rape right. farms. That's, um, that's closer to closer to like. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a total dirt redneck town, and I, I guess Indio is Ukaipa. Ukaipa is where they grow the date rape drugs. The date rape yeah. drugs. Well, I'll tell you what. We went to visit um, the Salton Sea. Are you familiar with this place? Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the documentary and uh <clears throat> Doug Stanhope has talked about it on his podcast and stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's and it would be for people who don't know, um, it's basically because there's so much agriculture in this area of Southern California, agricultural runoff created a, a lake and because of the I don't know, it's it, it's salty like an ocean and it has to do with like the minerals in the in the soil or something but it formed a giant lake 
And um, people, they tried to, in the 50s, basically make a resort town around it. And there was like boating and whatever. Um, But it's not a real, it's not a real lake. It's not, or a real sea. It's not connected to other bodies of water. So it's more just like a stagnant (laughs) pond of agricultural runoff. Yeah, it's kind of like the Dead Sea in that it's the lowest spot. And so all the water just kind of drains there, but has nowhere else to go. And so the water portion of it evaporates off into the atmosphere. And what's left behind are all the salts and the gross stuff and the agricultural, you know, fertilizer salts and stuff like that. And so, yeah, over time, it just becomes more and more concentrated. Uh, which is not good for living things. No. So like it, all the development around it, all the tourism development was ruined when there was a big flood and no one resettled it. And so because I think in the documentary they said basically the fish die because there's not enough oxygen in the water, but all the breakdown of the dead fish grows a lot of algae, which then fish eat and then they breed more so there's just always fish being born and dying and um when you walk along the shores of it what looks like sand is actually crushed up fish bones like it's not it's not really sand if you look closely it's just and it smells like dead fish um it's not as bad as I was expecting I was expecting it to be terrible but it smell I mean it smells like kind of like a farm like there's a horse manure smell and there's a fish smell um, and it's, yeah, it's really unnerving to like look beneath you and you're just, wa- there's no, gr- it's just fish bones. Um, so crazy. It is. Yeah. We went out to, um, what was, uh, the main beach on the Lake Bombay beach and you can tour the ruins and there's just like skeletons of boats and people have made really weird, um, I guess maybe it's like Burning Man style. People have made art out of these, like, uh the ruins of this city like we found this uh tower somebody had stuck a bunch of broken glass to a ball and hung it like a disco ball um there's it it's just some creepy true detective type stuff out there um and uh yeah there's just a giant doorway in the middle of like the lake someone had put like this door to nothing um there's a swing there's a swing set in the lake um and yeah it's the town it's a shanty town like it's rvs with like boards on them and like it's really really bizarre um yeah in that um documentary i watched you know they had interviews with with a bunch of the local residents and i gotta say uh living out on the salton sea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does not do good things for your skin. These people look like satchels. Yes. They look like <laughs> they look like an old pair of boots. <laughs> we, we saw one guy walking down the road who he had he had that skin, like hobo skin. And usually in, uh-huh. in Phoenix we have a lot of that. Like our homeless people look like satchels. But like there there's also things about them. You can see the crazy, you can they're you know, they're stumbling, they're drunk or whatever. But this guy was just wearing cutoff shorts, looking like a satchel, walking down the road. And Zach was like, "It's that's so unnerving because, like, that guy has a house. 
I was gonna say he's probably the mayor. Yeah, it was. It, it was a sight to behold, and I Mm-hmm. And then you, you go further south and it's just desert, 
you know, you hit the Mojave, the Mojave, and it's just, it's, it's uh, real sparse. I've, I've spent some time down there, you know, growing up in Southern California. I know we went vacationing with friends like in, you know, around Tehachapi. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tehachapi, uh-uh. but I mean, it's just, it's just the middle of nowhere. It, nobody, nobody lives there. <laughs> it's not really livable, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's pl- plenty of open space in California, but you just don't want to be, you don't want to spend any time there. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I do, but I enjoy the weird. Like I, I this was such a bizarre, uh, like experience. It was kind of enchanting. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, I, then I, ha- I have my limits. Like I, part of me goes like, cause you can buy, you can buy a residential lot in the, like in the Salton Sea for three grand. Um, and so then, you know, my brain goes, Oh my God, like talk about cheap living and peace and quiet. And then I'm like, Oh, I couldn't, I wouldn't last long. I'd be like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I need, I need the amenities of a big city. Yeah. And, and, and say nothing about income, like unless you can telecommute or something, but if you're like, even if you're retired, I, I could see it maybe if you're retired, mm-hmm. but like you said, it's just like being stuck in that literal depression, geographical depression, yeah. <laughs> would just kind of get on my nerves after a while, unless I'd just totally given up and all I wanted to do is just play Civilization on my, my daughter's Nintendo all day, you know? Yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd have to have a certain type of shut-in personality. You can't go outside. You're going to burn up. Yeah. Turn into a satchel. <laughs> no one wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, Nobody wants that. All right. Anything else we need to update people about? Um, I'll probably kick myself, by you know, for remembering something later. But no, nah, I think we, I think we covered it. All right. I think we're good. Well, I, everyone have a happy Monday. I hope you've enjoyed. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed listening to Rob and I catch up with each other. <laughs> That's what updates are all about. Yeah, people love it. <laughs> I don't blame them. I'm the fan favorite, and so are you. (laughs) Yep, I'm a a hashtag fan favorite on my own show. 